This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 199 of Brewers on Tap. The crew continuing this road trip from Philadelphia, now in Miami, before coming home for another homestand at American Family Field in Milwaukee. Great to have you with us for this edition of Brewers on Tap. The crew has lost a few. They've lost five in a row, losing last Sunday to the Dodgers, 16-4. The Dodgers hit a couple of grand slams. It was Alec Bettinger's MLB debut on the mound for the Brewers, and he was close to getting out of that first inning with no harm done. Didn't find the bag on that ground out, and then the next thing you knew, five runs were on the board, and the Dodgers were off and running. Gave up another grand slam in the second inning as well. Brewers then went to Philadelphia and lost four games, all close games. They lost by a single tally on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then lost two to nothing on Thursday. Offense was a bit of a challenge over the course of the Phillies series. Aaron Nola pitched very well. Zach Wheeler pitched a complete game shutout, and the Brewers did a little bit of damage late against some starters. Did a little bit of damage against that Phillies bullpen, but just not enough. In each of the first three games of that series, the Brewers came racing back, got within a run, really felt like they were going to get over the top and find a way to win each of those three games, but they never got the big hit they needed to. And so the crew sits at 17 and 15. Here's the good news on that bad news. The Brewers have had so much positive in the first month plus of the season. The crew has had so much go right in the first month plus of the season that they've created margin for error. They built in a little bit of a cushion by playing so well, by getting out to that 17-10 and 10 start. This five-game losing streak, while it hurts, and while you think what might have been if the Brewers could have gone 3-2 and two in this stretch or 2-3 and three in this stretch, where would they be in the central? Where would they be in the grand scheme of things? They are still right there at the end of the day. And that's why you, you have to take advantage of the, the stretches of time where you're playing really well, and you got to take uh, – matters into your own hands and find ways to 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 turn losses into wins late in games like the Brewers were unable to do in Philadelphia but when you play well and you have a nice stretch like like the Brewers did at 17 and 10 you know that the 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 tough times are coming over 162 games every single franchise in Major League Baseball is going to have a bad week or going to have a bad couple of weeks or maybe even going to have a month where they don't feel like they ever played their best. But they can still survive it if they do play their best outside of that. And the Brewers did that in the month of April, and they put themselves in a position where as long as they can 
kind of stop the bleeding and get things going in the right direction again, they'll probably be right back on top of the Central before you know it. They're only a game out of first right now in spite of losing five in a row. That's what that 17-10 and 10 start meant for the Brewers. Also, Brewers got to get healthy, and that's going to be the most important thing here moving forward. Christian Yelich came off the injured list and played on Monday, had a couple of hits, but it didn't respond well. He had to grind through it, didn't feel like himself even still, and so he went right back on the injured list on Tuesday. Lorenzo Cain did come off the injured list. He has been able to stay active, and he has performed well since coming off the injured list for the Brewers. That's good news. Looks like Brett Anderson's getting closer to coming back and being a part of the rotation, and Corbin Burns is probably on the verge of coming back and getting inserted back into this rotation sooner rather than later. That's also extremely good news. That would mean that your starting rotation would be back to full strength. Burns and Woodruff and Hauser and Peralta and Brett Anderson. That would really change some things for the Brewers from a pitching standpoint. Now, Eric Lauer's pitched well in this rotation. You certainly can't be upset with what you've gotten from Eric Lauer so far. He's done a great job, and I don't know what his role will be when these guys come back. Does he stay in the rotation in some way? Does he go to the bullpen for the Brewers and give them another another left-hander? That's going to be a decision and a luxury, quite frankly, for Craig Council and his staff in the front office to consider at the appropriate time. But uh, the Brewers will start getting a little bit healthier here slowly but surely. Now, how long until Christian Yelich is back? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that yet. It could be soon, um, and when I say soon, maybe it's after this 10-day stretch on the IL, or maybe it's longer. Maybe if you're the Brewers, you say, this is our future. This is uh, going to be incredibly important for this team to hit their ceiling at some point this year. We have to have a healthy Christian Yelich, so we are going to take it ultra slow. We're going to be ultra conservative with his back to make sure when he does come back, he's ready to go and hit the ground running. I'm not sure how the Brewers are going to play this. I would guess they will be more conservative with Christian Yelich and just shut him down for a few days, try to get that thing back to a place where he feels like himself again. Here's what we have for you on Brewers on Tap today. Uh, we've got a bunch of conversations that I think you're going to enjoy. We're going to talk to Dan Vogelback, who is a, a fan favorite with this Brewers team. He's starting to swing it better right now, and uh, he's the, the everyday first baseman. Keston Hero was optioned down to AAA at the beginning of this week. He has been struggling at the plate, and so Dan Vogelback is the Brewers' first baseman right now, and I know he's excited to have regular at-bats. Adrian Hauser is going to join us. We're going to talk to a guy that's been an unsung hero in this rotation so far this year. He has been consistent. He has been able to eat some innings, and the Brewers have been really pleased with the, what they've gotten from Adrian Hauser thus far. And then we're going to talk to Brewers' first base coach, Quentin Berry. You're going to love this conversation. A lot of good insight from him on things that uh, he's a part of in terms of this coaching staff and, and what it's like being over at first base with a pretty athletic baseball team and uh, trying to make sure that the Brewers take advantage of their opportunities when they get guys on base. So that's all coming your way. We'll also check in on the farm. Minor league seasons have begun and we'll give you the latest in the first week of the minor league season. Let's jump right into it though and let's sit down and chat with Brewers first baseman Dan Vogelback. Dan, you've been able to start getting regular at bats now uh, with the option of Keston Hira back down 
to AAA, and you were starting to, to be in the lineup in a more consistent manner even before that. And I know that you, you hate it for Keston that he's in AAA, but at the same time, uh, it's got to be nice for you to be getting regular at bats, and it looks like you're getting more comfortable with each game right now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you never want to see someone struggle. Um, and obviously, uh, with Keston being demoted, you know, you feel for him. I mean, everybody struggles. I've been there. Um, I've gone through it. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, you can get a reset and get back up here and get back to being the player that everybody knows he is. Uh, you know, but getting regular at bats and, um, you know, playing every day um, is something that, you know, it always – it makes hitting a little bit easier. Not – I mean, nothing about hitting is easier. But, you know, you get your timing down, you see pitches – um, and just try to get in a little rhythm of things uh, going forward. So um, hopefully trying to take full advantage of this and just coming every night and, uh, you know, whatever I can to help the team win that night, you know, is what, uh, what I'm going to do. Dan, I felt like that double on Monday night in game one of this series in the ninth inning, kind of a wrong way double. It was a good swing going the other way with it. It, it feels like that's a swing for you that when you start going the other way like that, a lot of other hits seem to follow. Do you feel like that too? Yeah, no doubt. You know, I pride myself in using the whole field. Um, I feel like early on I've been smoking a lot of balls, but, you know, to the pull side, into the shift, many, many hits over there, um, especially on the ground and line drives. So, uh, you know, getting back just using the whole field on last night, trying to use the middle of the field off a tough pitcher and not try to do too much um, and just take what they give me. And um, if I do that, just take my hits and everything else and the home runs and extra base hits will come. This has been a fun start to this year for a lot of reasons. One, the team's winning and sitting near the top of the NL Central. You were in first until uh, a couple of days ago. But at the same time, um, it's been so many different guys that have had a hand in this. I mean, baseball is the ultimate team sport. I think we all understand that. But it hasn't been one guy every night. It's been a different guy almost every single night to come up with the big hit or to get the big out late on the mound, whatever it may be. How fun has it been for this group to, to have that collective effort in, in this great start to the season? Yeah, I mean, you never um, want to have to have, you know, start to the year the way we had with the injuries with Lowe and Yelly. And, um, you know, it's never good um, to have to go through that stuff. But I think at the end of the day, you know, it helps us in the long run. Uh, you got people need to step up. Uh, people get opportunities. They may not have gotten opportunities with injuries. And, um, you know, get to be put in situations that, you know, down the road when we're putting those situations um, later in the year, you know, it's not something new. So um, I think that's credit to, you know, the guys in the clubhouse, along with, you know, the coaches and people in the front office that, you know, just prepare and have guys, um, you know, that are ready to perform whenever their numbers call. How much different is this year than last year? I, I mean, the shortened season, obviously a big difference last year, but having fans back, having some of the protocols start to get loosened a little bit as well. Is it feeling more like a normal baseball season, certainly than last year did? No doubt. You know, you see the fans um, in the stands, you hear them, you know, the heckling and the stuff like that, and the noise and um, starting to get back to being able to do, you know, being a little more free and doing what kind of like just a normal lifestyle would be. Um, you know, it's getting back to being, you know, the old baseball. And I think everybody's uh, pretty excited about that. Um, and it makes coming to the ballpark a lot more fun. Yeah, Dan, you weren't able to, to really share any time last year with Lorenzo Kane. He had opted out well before you became a part of the Brewers organization last year. You were able to be around him in spring training. And of course, he was still with the team the entire time he was injured here in the early portion of the year. But what is his presence like? Because 
we all know that that was something that this team missed a year ago. Just just Lorenzo walking around the clubhouse and, and the presence he can provide. Yeah, um, you know, I think that, you know, there's a lot of really good players in this game um, and a lot of uh, very talented players. But you know, there's just a different, you know, presence of Lowe. Um, obviously, he's an unbelievably talented and he's done a lot of great things in this game performance wise. But just the way he comes to play every day, um, there's – few guys that you know you can just you never worry about you know whether they're going to bring it or not that day and low brings it every single day um you whether he's 100 percent, whether he's feeling 50 percent, it doesn't matter he brings it every single day and when the first pitch comes he's you know he's ready to he's ready to go to work and that's 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 contagious um personality and it rubs off on a lot of people and um that's those are the guys that you know you want to play with well dan we appreciate it thanks so much for giving us some time best of luck today and we'll talk to you again down the road. Thank you for having me. And a big thanks to Dan Vogelback for joining me here on Brewers on Tap. He was four for nine in the first three games of that Philly series with a couple of walks in there too. He went 0 for 4 in the finale against Wheeler. Everybody struggled against Zach Wheeler on Thursday. But Vogelback started getting more regular bats. He was in the lineup for most of that Dodgers series. Didn't have a lot of production that he came away from that Dodgers series with. But once he started getting some regular bats, I think he saw in Philadelphia what he's going to be able to do for the Brewers. This guy's a hitter. And he started hitting the ball the other way a little bit more and started seeing some results. The Brewers need some production out of first base. And hopefully Vogelback is going to be able to give them exactly that. Adrian Hauser has been, in many ways, an unsung hero for this team on the mound this year. 3-5-2 ERA. He's made six starts. He's made every one of his starts so far this year. 30 and two-thirds innings on the mound. He's worked into the fifth in every single start. He's worked into the sixth in the last two starts. In fact, he completed the sixth on Monday, his longest start of the year, in fact. Uh, against the Phillies. He went six innings, four hits, four runs, but only two were earned. And he's been a consistent starter in this rotation for the crew. And I had a chance to catch up with him after that start on Monday and talk about how he's feeling right now on the mound. You've had a, a really good start to the season. It has to feel good to, to have really settled into this rotation and really been as consistent as you've been. Yeah, you know, it's uh, nice to bounce back, especially from last year. Not not happy with how I performed last year. And, and uh, you know, I've been working on a few things throughout the offseason, throughout sp spring training, and so far to the beginning of the season. I think it's been going well for me, and uh, everything we've been working on has been, been helping out a whole lot. So I think we're going to stay on that same course and keep going from here. You mentioned last year. It was a frustrating year for you last year. You had had a very good 2019, and especially in either the bullpen role or as a starter, once you were able to settle into one of those roles in 2019, in both cases, you really took off and, and performed at a good level. Last year had to be a frustrating year for you. How much did that motivate you this year to just have a more normal-looking year, but also to perform more to your standards? Uh, you know, it motivated me a lot. You know, I'm, I'm a very competitive person, and I take a pride in what I do, and I, I want to go out there every time and put the team in the best position to win. And so, you know, going into the offseason, I really had, had a little bit more uh, motivation going into that, so I really, really got after it. And, uh, you know, like I said, been working on a lot of things throughout the offseason and spring training and uh, just trying to stay on top of that. 
What were the things when you look back at last year that you were able to tweak and improve upon? Uh, sinker command always important for you. What were some of the things that, that you really said, okay, these are the, the two or three things that if I can do this, I can get back to being Adrian Hauser. Well, I think it was just mechanically. I think I wasn't able to get in my mechanics the way I needed to, like I was in 2019, like I have been so far this season. You know, there's always something to be working on and that kind of stuff. But uh, last year I wasn't, just wasn't able to quite get everything clicking. And so I wasn't able to be consistent and keep the pitches like keep the pitches in, in the zone like I want to and like I have been so far this season. Adrian Hauser joining us here. A 3-5-2 ERA through your first six starts. And, and you look at last night's start, you, you give up the two-run home run. Then you have a little adversity in the second inning, and, and, and you didn't let it bother you. you. You were able to still stay in there, compete, and turn in a quality start when it was all said and done. How much have you kind of just grown mentally in this game from where you were in 20? 15 as a minor leaguer making your first debut uh you know a lot you know I think last year was a big big part of that too you know I think last year helped me learn a lot about myself and a lot about just what I need to do when I'm out there on the mound and like I said it's it's some of the stuff that I've been working on and I think so far that I've been doing a pretty good job of just you know controlling what I can control and not letting what happens on the field affect me as much just know that I can get back on the mound and go after the next guy and you know hopefully get some weak contact and get out of the inning without too much damage. You mentioned weak contact. That's something you get a lot of and you get a lot of ground balls. And with this revamped infield, you have to love to have these guys play behind you because they really fit you as a pitcher with Colton Wong and Luis Urias right up the middle. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I know those guys are working their butts off every day, day in and day out. And, you know, and what they do on the field is absolutely incredible. You know, these guys are turning double plays, making it look easy and, you know, they're getting those balls. And, you know, I told them in spring training, hey, be ready. You're going to get a lot of ground balls. And they said, bring it on. So, you know, I think they're doing a very great job back there. Adrian, how nice is it to have Christian and Lorenzo back, just even from a presence standpoint? What was it like having those guys active again last night after a few weeks of having neither of them available? It was, it was great, you know, especially with Lorenzo getting that home run on his first A-B. You know, it's nice to see him come. You know, after not playing so long, come back and be able to get on a fastball like that. So, you know, it's just, you know, their presence is huge for us. And, you know, I think it's just an extra little little boost that we get going into the stretch of games that we're on right now. And, you know, it's their big additions to the team, you know, and it's going to be huge for us down the, down the road. I think everybody knows that over the course of this year, there's going to be some pause and starts again for, for different guys from a pitching standpoint because of, the, the what you have to get from guys over 162 games innings wise and everything else compared to what last year was like when Corbin goes on the IL and Brett Anderson goes on the IL do you feel more pressure in those moments to okay I need to eat some innings because we're down a few arms in a rotation or do you try not to think about that and just go out and do your thing oh uh, you know I wouldn't say it's pressure and um not really trying to think about that just knowing that you know I need to go out there and handle my business and do do my job the best that I can and you know for me that's going out there trying to throw six innings seven innings every time out so you know it didn't really change my thought process on it but you know it's definitely something that we do think about here and there just you know being down a few arms but you know I think we've been able to do a great job of covering innings and you know the bullpen's been fantastic so far this year.
All right, Adrian, last question. I got to ask you about the home run or I'm not doing my <laughs> job. How many times have you watched the highlight of it? Probably a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You're entitled to that, I think. Uh, yeah, probably a little bit too much. Well, Adrian, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for some time. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. No problem. Thanks for having me. And a big thanks to Adrian Hauser for joining us here on Brewers on Tap. Quentin Berry is somebody that's been in the Brewers organization as a player, as a coach, and now on the major league staff this year. And the Brewers feel really strongly about Quentin Berry and what he brings to the table as a coach. Brewers first base coach, working with the outfielders. He's some pretty special guys to work with as well. I had a chance to talk with him about everything that goes into being the coach at first base, when to run, when not to run, all those fun things. And I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Listen in to my conversation with Quentin Berry. Let's break it down. Quentin, first and foremost, uh, you're a part of this staff now, and I know you're excited to be on the other side of it. Uh, you had a great career and uh, a career that brought you to the Brewers towards the end of it. Uh, but now you get a chance to, to coach. I'll never forget. I remember when I first started playing, I said, when I'm done with this game and I'm done playing, I'll never be involved or coach or anything like that. I'm, when I'm done, I'm done. And then towards the end of that, look at me now. I'm still in the game. I'm still being around it. I can't leave it. So, you know, it grows on you. I love it. I love what I'm doing, and I'm enjoying every minute of it right now. You had a little bit of time with the Brewers, of course, at the end of your career. What was that experience like, and how did that kind of lay the foundation for you being in the position you're in now yeah I think it was huge I think uh you know everybody you know it's it's, it's one of those things easy to say like things happen for a reason but I mean coming here in 2017 after being an in indie ball for a month and a half um I think really the main reason of coming here and playing in the big leagues for that short amount of time was to get to know the staff to learn this side of it to, to get to know the front office and uh made it so much easier to transition because so many great people it was so easy to get to know the personalities um and it was definitely i knew that this is the organization i wanted to be because it was so easy to be myself they welcomed me and uh yeah i, I didn't really couldn't see myself going anywhere else than being part of the brew crew of course this year you're part of the major league staff as the first base coach and uh, you're one of the great base runners in the game when you were playing how has that helped you mentor guys as, as they're coming up and learning how to to be aggressive on the bases and pick their spots and read pitchers and all those different things that go into to what you do yeah I mean uh, I try to explain and express the fact that I, I know what it's like to be in big time situations and I know how you can affect the game um, when it comes to the base running that's that's mainly what my job was my last five years of playing baseball was get on there create havoc and create a stressful environment for these pitchers and for the defense. And I really saw what it could do to a team and how much it could break them down. So just trying to express that to these players. I think we've seen it um, over the course of this first month of the season, you know, the multiple pickovers, um, guys trying to rush their throws, pitchers trying to change up their deliveries. I think it puts us in a great spot offensively. And I think these guys are starting to see some of the, the product of um, being aggressive base runners um, when it comes to being on the offensive side and hitting. So um, I love it. I love when people pick over on us. I love when people are worried about us. I love that uh, that we can get that uh, reputation of being aggressive so that other teams are worried about us. Um, and it, I think it's really working right now. So it's exciting. And I hope these players continue to, 
to take that on and, and put the pressure on anybody we play. I heard a statistic yesterday that stolen bases are, are way up this year. Mm-hmm. Stolen base attempts maybe aren't up as much, but stolen bases are up. And I, I have to think that has a lot to do with analytics and understanding when is the right time mm-hmm. um, and who the right guys to steal on are. Uh, how much of, of that behind the scenes goes into every day's game plan? Oh, there's a lot. I mean, we got a great team behind us. Um, you know, uh, Carlos Brazuela, Brian Pawalish, all these guys. Um, we got a lot of guys who do a lot of homework. We we do we watch a ton of video on these guys. We understand what it is they're doing on their deliveries. We understand their percentages on what they're going to throw. I like to harp on stealing and breaking ball counts. We want to steal as many breaking balls as possible. So we have that information. All that stuff that I think is really huge for us, um, gaining an advantage, especially when we know we're, we're facing dominating pitchers. You know what it's like in this game. Now it's 90, 97 to 117 now with cut, run, um, splitter. So if we can gain a base, because the likelihood of getting multiple hits off these guys sometimes is going to be tough. So if we can gain a base and maybe we get like a, a blooper or a broken bat single or something like that, we can, we can you know, get a run across. That's huge. It's vital. So um, just taking advantage of those and, and making sure that we're well prepared and we have a purpose and a reason for why we're running rather than just running reckless. Um, I think that that makes it easier for council and everybody else to kind of like be okay with it and not, and not just think we're just out there running, running with our hair on fire. Yeah, the game's always changing. You bring up a great point. It's so hard to string hits together against guys that have the nasty stuff that you see every single night right now. And mm-hmm. so maybe that's going to open the door to the stolen base being a bigger part of the game here in, in the coming years. I want to talk to you about coaching these outfielders. Uh, what a blessing for you to, yeah. to get to work with Jackie Bradley Jr. and Lorenzo Kane. Probably, I would argue, two of the best, if not the two best, center fielders defensively in baseball. And then, of course, I, I think another guy that's really undervalued defensively is Avi Garcia. Mm-hmm. He's got a big arm. He is uh, freakishly athletic, and a lot of people don't understand just how fast he actually is. He takes good routes. Uh, he's really become a great right fielder as well. This is a good group. I mean, I don't even mention some of the other guys like Tyrone Taylor that's coming into his own defensively as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes my job a lot easier when you got athletes and guys who can who can run it down. We got multiple multiple guys in the outfield that can play center field and hold it down um, really really well. Um, Avi's been playing tremendously well in right field, playing with a lot of urgency cutting balls off and making sure the guys can't stretch anything into a double. Um, and Billy McKinney also, he's yeah. done a great job in left field stepping up. Um, I know he went from, you know, getting pinch uh, hit rolls and doing stuff like that and getting every once in a while to be in a, pretty much an everyday player and, and really helping us a lot in left field defensively over the last, you know, couple of weeks. Um, and Tyrone, of course, he's, he's always been a phenomenal outfielder. But it, it, it makes it my job a lot easier. I like, I like to be able to take some credit for it. But these guys work hard on their craft. They come out every day. They want to work. We worked really hard in spring training. And, um, and it's all credit to them. It's, 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 it's their will and wantingness to, to get out there and maintain or get better every single day. And, and it's fun to watch. I enjoy every minute of it. I'm top step. I feel like I'm, I'm clapping and, and saluting them every single day. They're making a great play. So. Hope it continues. I'm pushing them to just stay where they're at. Other than that, that's all on them. They're doing an amazing job.
Yeah, Billy McKinney with two of the better plays of the year defensively, one in yeah. San Diego that uh, it's going to be on the highlight reel all year long when we look back on some of the great plays this team has made. Quentin, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for taking some time with us today. You're doing a great job. It's been a lot of fun uh, to have you a part of this staff. Awesome. Thank you. Always appreciate being here. Checking in on the farm. All right, as we go down to the farm and check in on the Brewers minor leagues, just a handful of games in the books here in this first week of the season. Let's start at AAA and work our way down. Mario Feliciano, perhaps the Brewers' top catching prospect, already made his MLB debut last week against the Dodgers. He's off to a good start with the Nashville Sounds, the Brewers' new AAA affiliate. Feliciano, two for four with a home run so far this year. In AA, the Biloxi Shuckers, Peyton Henry, four for eight, another one of those great catching prospects that the Brewers boast. Tristan Lutz, a power hitter, corner outfielder, three for 11 with a couple driven in on the year. Bryce Terang, the Brewers' number two prospect, depending on who you're reading, is just one for 11 so far this year with three RBIs. The Brewers' number one draft pick from 2018. And Ethan Small, the 2019 first-round draft pick. He will make his debut tonight for the Shuckers. High A, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Garrett Mitchell off to a good start. Three for five, couple of walks, two stolen bases. That athleticism has been on display. Chad McClanahan is a guy the Brewers uh, signed uh, after they drafted him a little bit later on in the draft a few years back, but McClanahan was always a guy that had some big potential as a potential corner infielder. Off to a decent start, two for seven with a home run and a double. Hayden Cantrell, the shortstop prospect that the Brewers drafted last year, three for 11 with three doubles and two driven in. And a guy that Tom Flanagan told me we should keep our eye on, right-handed pitcher Victor Castaneda, five innings, one hit, one run. It was a solo home run that he allowed with eight strikeouts in his first start of the year. Low A, the Carolina Mudcats, the former Texas Tech star Gabe Holt, five for ten, three driven in. Holt is an interesting guy in this Brewers organization to keep an eye on. Freddie Zamora, the shortstop prospect out of the University of Miami, three for ten with four driven in. And Micah Bello, we go back to Tom Flanagan. He told me a couple of names to keep an eye on. One was Micah Bello, the other was Victor Castaneda, who we've already talked about. Both are off to good starts. Brewers farm director knows his stuff. That's 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 comforting, actually, that he knows his stuff. Of course he does. But uh, he gave us two really good tips there. Castaneda off to a good start. And Micah Bello, 5 for 12 with 6 driven in. Okay, that's a check of the farm. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for stopping by this week on episode 199 of Brewers on Tap. What is going to come your way for episode number 200? Let's see if we have anything special in store for you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again next week. Be safe and be healthy, everybody. Go Brewers. I'm Lane Grindle. Brewers, Brewers, Brewers.